The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. They're playing baseball. Like, they're, you know what it is? I get told lately, especially on Twitter, that I'm very negative about the Yankees, you know, in general. So I'm going to tell you a positive thing. It is March 2nd when we're recording this. On March 1st, the sunset. At 5.35. On the last day of this month, 7.24. Let's go. We're going to get almost two hours of sunlight this month. It's a great time of the year. It's green season, man. I'm wearing my green T-shirts. I got my green Yankee hat that I wear all March. I'm drinking shamrock shakes. Yeah, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because I... I'm going to let you steer the conversation because that's how this works. Um, But I got to ask, because I did notice that you have been tweeting a ton about green, a ton about like St. Patrick's Day, like sugar cookies. uh, And then the first thing just says green season. And I was like, did I miss something about Chad Green? (laughs) This is a beautiful time of the year. Look, it's like the honeymoon phase of the season. Everything's in front of us. Nothing bad has happened yet. The snow's melting. Spring's coming. It's just a very optimistic time, and I like to celebrate by wearing green. And I've my green Yankee hat. I love it. It's one of my favorite hats. I wear that. I buy any kind of green food, and I just kind of get get ready for the season. It's a happy time. So every year, starting in March, you start when you're wearing a hat. You're wearing your green Yankee hat. Exactly. It's the only month of the year that I don't wear the, the classic navy blue fitted. I go with the green the green spring training hat, yeah. So this will go until opening day. Exactly. And so if opening day was in March, you'd be wearing it? No, nah, no. Nah. Once the season starts, I go to I go to the blue. But like okay. if I go, you know, if I go out with my friends or something, I'm I'm wearing the green outfit all month. The green and then I'll outfit. do it back to back to back weekends. Wait, yeah, it's, green I got green hoodies. 
Green T-shirts, yeah, oh yeah, always match it with the green Yankee fit. It is great. It's just like a positive energy thing, or are you like just super into St. Patrick's Day? It's just my internal clock and the way it works. I like to talk about the Yankee season and my internal clock a lot, and this is just what I do in March. It's just a it's a happy time. Like I said, it's spring. Like we're out of the worst part of winter. Yes. It's all positive from here. And nothing bad has happened yet. You know, in June, sometimes something goes bad and you get a little exasperated. You're, you know, you're worn out by the season already. Here, it's it's all good. We haven't hurt yet. We haven't been frustrated yet. Like I said, we are in the honeymoon phase of the season. Okay. I like it. I mean, it's it's a different energy. It's a good energy. I didn't know. I was really, I was like, because I know Chad Green was supposed to pitch today and he got scratched. And I was That's like, what you thought that was. And I was like, but why do you have this with Sunday's game? And also, Nick's tweeting about, like, supermarket sugar cookies. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck is going on? Like, is this a bit that I've missed? I guess I have. Because the only thing I know is, like, last year they were like, yo, coronavirus is a real thing. Everyone should stay home. And you were like, St. Patrick's Day weekend. What's the most crowded bar I can go yeah. to? Goose Island, baby. <laughs> yeah. and, if you, you know, and they went out of business. Pictures. They're gone, but pictures for me in that day. You know, you could I could pull them up. I'm wearing the I'm wearing the green outfit. Okay, all right. I didn't the, really the famous Goose Island day. I love that it's not just like I'm wearing the green hat. It's the green outfit. How many? And green... it's the only time of the year I'll wear any green. Yeah. So you, how many green like shirts do you have? Like, uh, Jack, you... let me tell you, I got a couple of green T-shirts. Okay. I have a green long sleeve T-shirt hoodie. Oh, the Kelly green, and then I have a green zip-up hoodie. Okay, and I also have a three-quarter sleeve that's like a white, you know, front with the green sleeves. So I got all sorts of combinations. Okay, okay. So you go, yeah, sleeves if you need to, but you run hot. So if you know, all right, we're ready, we're ready. All right. So now that I understand what green season is, I honestly spent a bunch of time today being <laughs> like, like I Google Chad Green because I was like, did I miss something besides? You know he he was supposed to pitch today and he di- and he didn't and you know what's going on I was like I gotta ask and it's just good to know a little bit more about you exactly got it got to give you context and green season really started on Sunday with the first game I know March first was Monday but Sunday was really the start of it waking up Sunday morning and knowing that we had Yankee baseball and that it was on was awesome Mike Talkman hit an absolute shot. Dead right field. I did not know he had that much power. He did not homer at all in 2020. So I was shocked. He hits that ball. Luke Voigt is doing a live interview on the broadcast. And he goes, good shit, baby, as Talkman goes past him. He daps him up. That was hilarious. But in terms of the the Talkman shot, do you think he's going to make this team? So, I mean, that is – all right. We're going to try to live in a world that we really don't get to live in a lot where everyone's healthy. Right? Let's just say everyone's healthy. The only spot that I see for competition is the outfield spot. Like, you've got Clinton the Aarons, and I'm trying to think of, like, I, they need, like, a nickname. Like, I like that. You know, like um, like old duop bands. Uh, now I can't think of any of them. Of course, I just watched the Temptations recently too. But you know, all those it's like Otis Redding and the da da da, Clint Frazier and the Aaron's. Okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got those three. 
You've got Stanton's going to play a little bit of outfield, he says, maybe. I would like him to, as we've talked about, okay? You're only going to have, there are only so many bench spots. So you're looking at, you've got to carry a catcher, right? You've got to carry an infielder. You've got to carry an outfielder. And then one floating spot, like kind of between those. They're probably going to have a four man bench. And so you've got Gary and a backup. You've got on the infield, it really can only be Estrada or Wade. I wrote a blog today about Derek Dietrich. Um, he can juggle, he's a juggler. I was trying to research this guy because, like, all I know about him is, like, he could be flashy, a little outspoken. He hits under 200. <laughs> and turns out he could juggle. Um, but I just don't see – and some people, because in the article, I was like, he's not going to make the team. But whatever. This is cool. Uh, oh, give me shit. I just don't see a way he makes the team unless DJ LeMahieu gets injured because he can't play the- shortstop. Exactly. Then the problem is you only have one guy as a backup that can play that can play shortstop, and, and that's Wade, and he can't hit. But when you, when you look at the roster, when you have Stanton, who's designated as an outfielder, but probably not going to play the outfield, you have Hicks, you have Judge, you have Frazier, you have Gardner. Like you're already kind of loaded up in the outfield. If you carry Talkman on top of that, like Gardner and Talkman together, it's a little redundant for me. You know, they're both kind of fast. They're both good fielders. Neither of them have great power, and it just kind of is what it is. I'd rather carry Jay Bruce yes. than Talkman. He's a pow- he's a power and patience guy. Like they need a power hitting left hander to take advantage of the short ports. They really don't have one of those. And that's what like some of the conversation around Dietrich is like power hitting lefty. And I'm like, wait, the guy's never hit 20 home runs. What are <laughs> yeah. we talking? Like the bat, and I get it. He's a second baseman, so he's not supposed to. But don't call him a power hitting lefty. You know, he never hit twenty. So yeah, I mean, I would say that what makes sense is that Talkman gets traded. I think, you know, if you bring back Gardner, which we did on guaranteed money. You go him and you go Bruce because Bruce can play first base. Bruce can play the outfield. Bruce can pinch hit. Bruce is a lefty. And, you know, Talkman, I think if they didn't re-sign God, Gardner, Talkman could have had a future with this team. You know, he could have been – he could be like Wade's been. Just you're kind of here forever. We don't expect a ton from you. Um, But, you know, it, he's just not – he doesn't have the versatility to play infield outfield. Like he can't play first base, which if we're not going to carry Ford and yes, you have DJ, but you're not trying to move DJ at a second base, you know? So I think there's just more flexibility. And unfortunately for Talkman, who I think has created a real bond with guys he's been on this team with for a number of years. I think the way he came in at the last second and stole Wade's, uh, you know, roster spot for opening day a couple of years ago, I think he's going to end up going out the same way because he doesn't have any options either. And Mike Talkman can play Major League Baseball on a Major League roster. I, I've been hard on him at times. I don't necessarily want him on my Major League roster, but he can play on one. 
No, you're, you're exactly right. And if you keep Talkman, you're essentially keeping six guys that can only play outfield, six straight outfielders, where if you keep Bruce, he can play the outfield. And like you said, if we're not going to carry forward, he can also play first base. And my question is, what can what can Talkman do that Gardner can't do? Like, it's just redundant. They're the same. They're kind of the same player. And Talkman's a slap hitter. He whiffs on 92 mile an hour fastballs down the middle. I just don't have any confidence in him really at the plate. And once we brought Gardner back, like I said, it, it kind of made him redundant where, you know, kind of done with Mike Ford and Bruce can kind of fill that gap there. And like we said, he's only somehow he's only, what, 32, 33 yeah. somehow. And, and he's Ford still has options. So, like, you could still, you know, Ford's. Ford, you don't have to jettison from the organization. Talkman, you know, I don't think he clears waivers. So I think someone will pick him he, up. He won't. He also has four years of control left, which for a lot of these teams, you know, they, they look at that as valuable. And Cashman obviously isn't going to cut a guy like that with four years of control. But if you can get, I don't know, a decent reliever for Talkman, maybe maybe a depth starter. Obviously, they're not going to get anything flashy, but I, I'd take another okay reliever for him. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean – I'd rather have one hundred percent. I'd rather have you know, you know something rather than nothing. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, so many outfielders on this team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if one of them could play shortstop, it'd be great. You know, as a backup. But you know, you're gonna have, and I mean, that doesn't even factor in like any conversations around Andujar. Happy birthday to him, by the way. Who you know, Cashman has said. Or maybe it was Boone was like, yeah, you know, we've seen what he can do. And, you know, they're saying all the positive things, but it's a numbers game. And you're just not going to be able to carry. And we've got to go with a short bench because, I mean, Kluber, Tyone, these are our guys that like, great, we picked them up, but they haven't pitched in forever. So they don't have a lot of innings. So as much as, you know, they're not going to be openers and go one inning. But we're going to see a lot of quality four-inning tie-on starts. These guys are all going to be, like, they're going to do a lot of this piggybacking. Montgomery's going to have a ton of four-inning starts, too. That's kind of what they're building here with having eight starters. And you go back to Andujar. Last year, they were all banged up. Remember, DJ hit the IL. Glaber hit the IL. You know, they were all in the IL, and he still really wasn't getting at bats. Yeah. So, so like, where are the at-bats going to come from? And, and apparently they love the player. They love the person. It is what it is, but he doesn't walk. He can't field at all. He can't field the outfield, first base, third base. It's sad because he was awesome in 18, but there, there's just no spot for him. Yeah, it's it's a business. It's a numbers game. I'm not saying all along, and that's what you know. people say when I, I talk about Judge. Or like, I'm not saying these are bad people. It's the numbers game, Talkman does not fit, and Duhar still has options. So he's, you know, he'll stick around in the organization. But, uh, you know, unless we can package up some kind of like, I mean, I don't know what you get for a Talkman and Duhar package, but it's it's not much. So, you know, you, you hope for the best, but the important thing is, and then we went out, we scouted Cespedes today. Which was out of nowhere. I, I'd be shocked if, if Cash took a fly on it. That was so out of nowhere. Yeah. To me. I, so it was the first time. That I've really even heard Cespedes' name this whole offseason. I forgot about it. I guess I assumed he retired. But I saw his brother had signed, but that was it. And I don't think the Yankees are seriously looking at at him. I think it's one of those things like, hey, if a guy who's an all-star is going to do a workout and you're the Yankees, you send a scout. You know? Um you know, we like, you know, I don't think it's a Kluber situation where we're going to get him, but you go, you watch the guy work out, he took some balls in right, took some balls in center, whatever. 
I, it, but it got me thinking. For Gardner money, or close to it, I mean, we probably could have gotten Puig. Who's, who'd be better than Cespedes, obviously, and better than who I, we'd prefer over Gardner. But they they love Gardner. Like, there are a lot of players out there where you'd be like, oh, this guy would be better than Gardner. Or we we could use this guy better than Gardner. But they love Gardner. They just love him. Yeah, it's almost like, um, like yeah, well, you know, he's, he's already in the system. He's already got a pin to get in the, the door for security. What are we going to do, change yeah. that? Yeah, and I saw stuff on Twitter earlier in the offseason of people talking about Jock Peterson and how he'd be a way better fit and how he was way better than Gardner. And I was like, I agree, but it's just not going to happen because they they love Gardner. Um, they love him. And I don't know what kind of shape that Cespedes is in or how that workout was going, but you know who looks like they're in great shape is our boy Glaber Torres. He showed up down at least 15 pounds. And Glaber, I don't think he's a sensitive kid, but I think he's pretty perceptive. And I bet that Cashman's words about him showing up out of shape to summer camp last year, I think they stung a little bit. And I think, you know, he took it to heart. And he looked great making that play up the middle on Sunday. He made a nice stab and a throw that he never would have made last year. He made that play that was great. I saw – I mean there were a ton of clips going around because everyone on fucking Twitter. It's like one reporter tweets something. It's like, well, let me quote tweet this video or let me share this video <laughs> also. Um, so there were a lot of uh, video clips of him like coming across the infield and throwing to – they had like a, a dummy that stands at first base. And, you know, making throws, making plays, and obviously you're not wearing the pinstripes. You're not in Yankee Stadium. There's not 50,000 people there or 4,000 people there. So it's a little different energy-wise, and you know the ball's coming to you and all that stuff. But he just – he looked like he was moving around better. And I think that's when it started for all of us to be like, all right, this guy, listen. And it made me think that, you know, one thing we've said about him because, you know, you're like kind of loosely in an open relationship with his dad. Exactly. Like you guys are best friends. So we pay a little extra attention to him, but – and we've talked about that support system of having his – you know, having his dad there, having a mentor there with him. I don't think there will ever be a time where if he were to go into like a terrible slump and got benched that he's going to say, I have no idea why I'm, I was on the bench for the playoffs there. Like it's – he took everything we've asked of Gary for the last four off seasons. He went he, – it looks like he's gone out and done. It's early in the year. Uh, it looks like he's slimmed down, so we don't have to worry about maybe the muscles as much. He's looking limber. It looks like he really put in the work. He doesn't do a lot of like workout posts in the offseason. It's a lot of like underwear modeling or like here I am with my wife. Do you um, see the one doing the ice? They're feeding each other ice cream. It's like, what is this? I saw one. I think he, like, he posted it. It was just like him laying back on her lap, and I was like, yeah. all right, man, <laughs> whatever. But he had facial hair in it too, so I'm like, how long did you take this picture that you're just posting it now? Um, but like, hey, I like it. You know, he's that all we can do is ask that guys are transparent, try and, you know, and, and do everything off the field to not jeopardize on the field. And that's what it seems like Glaber's doing. So he could go out there on opening day and go 0 for 5 with five strikeouts and we have no reason to boo him. 
Exactly. He's doing his job. And when Cashman criticized him, you know, Glaber could have been like, well, in 2019, I hit 38 homers and it was a shortened season. Like he could have pushed back with excuses or whatever. But all he did, he shut up, he put his head down and he lost weight. And the message to him from Cashman, I think, is be more like DJ and, and less like Judge and Stan. We don't need another big hulking guy that's always on the aisle. You're a middle infielder, make contact, play average defense, which is all we want you to do, and and like put the ball in play and be a good hitter. And I think he's doing that. I used to say in the Girardi years, I used to blog all the time and saying, especially as it got to like towards the end of the season, and we were like, you know, in a race, maybe we could sneak into the playoffs of Girardi just needs to have a team meeting and ask him, why the fuck wants to be a major league baseball player today? Like who wants to do it? And it's, you know, a lot of a lot of people, media, bloggers, whatever, have said, like, I don't know, does Glaber Torres want to be the shortstop of the New York Yankees? The answer is yes. Like, I'm I probably wouldn't be terribly upset if we had still traded for Lindor and still had Glaber, but I'm not I don't fuck Trevor's story. I don't care about Trevor's story. Glaber's my guy. You mentioned Story. I was going to say Corey Seager. I keep seeing all of these Photoshop pictures of Story and Seager. It's like, guys, we have a stud 24-year-old here that's going to be the shortstop you know, for the next decade. And get behind him. Embrace him. He's great. He was the top prospect in all of baseball. Like, It's not like he's some nobody. People are so quick, and we want to put the fire out on all that stuff that we're going to sign as shortstop next year because the shortstop's already in the building. Yeah. And his name's Glaber. Yeah, we've got a shortstop for the next seven to ten years until he moves to a corner outfield position to make way gracefully for someone who could play shortstop and move around a little better. Like maybe Derek didn't. Exactly. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Glaber's Hustling and Blue Wire has a great program called Hustle. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, 
Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Boom, sign it Tuesday. up. Get on there. Get on there. BW yeah. Hustle. If you Hustle, get on there, man. I'll come on your podcast and say some wild shit, recklessly drunk and high. <laughs> It'll be great. You want to get some listeners, that's your, that's your motive. Uh, the Yankees played again yesterday on Monday. Jamison Tyone, seven pitch inning debut. He looked great. Tough to make a full, you know, health standpoint from the seven pitches. But when I saw that he was out after seven pitches, I'm like, is this guy hurt already? Yeah, no, I think it's just a, like no matter what happened out there, you were going one inning. If he went 25 pitches, he goes seven. Um, I like fucking save the throws, save the throws. I don't care about you know you doing them in the spring training game. I'd rather if he's going to do it, you know, have the throws in the bullpen. So you know while you're getting you know go to the the gas station. And that's what they did, right? He came out and they moved him, and he threw more pitches in the pen after. That first yeah. inning, is that what they did? I think okay. so, yeah. Because it's like, hey, let's get, you know, because they also slot at this point in the season certain guys you're going to do a third so they can go through their thing if there are other starters or long relievers so they can get in a rhythm there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's as good as a, like, first appearance after a second Tommy John surgery. You know, I didn't know much about the guy before he came to the Yankees, um, and I still don't know a, a shit ton about him, but – you hear a guy had two Tommy John surgeries. He's young like that. He, you know, Garrett Cole says good things about you. I'm going to cheer for you. Absolutely. What more can you ask for? Cole, his buddy, also threw, struggled a little bit through 28 pitches. I couldn't think he let up a less. run or two. Couldn't Could give it, a I was going to say, couldn't I don't give, give a, a shit fuck. what he does until April 1st. Yeah. Like, don't give a shit. And then even, and I'll tell you right now, hey, guys, when it gets to, like, August, he's going to probably have, like, three bad starts in a row. And I don't care then either because that's just what he does. Let's just get ahead of that because last year there was a little bit of panic. So let's just – everything's going to be all right. He's the best. Did have three bad starts in a row. And when you look at Cole, you know, the kind of the history of Cole, he generally gets better each month as the season goes on. April's his worst month. We know he's got stellar October numbers, playoff numbers. October's his best month. So – like you said, don't be surprised if in April and May he's got an ERA around four and then he kind of brings it down. Last year he struggled during that stretch, like you said, but I think it was something over his last four starts. He had like a 1.6 ERA. He was unhittable and he was great in the playoffs. So Yeah, well, because he's a guy who when he's like, yeah, like he didn't work today. Like I got to go and like figure out what's going on, what's not clicking. Like then he goes and he figures out what's going on and what's not clicking. Like He doesn't just say it. To get, he's not trying to get out of the Zoom room. He's like, you know, he goes and he's like whipping him, whipping himself. You know, like who knows? He's very forthcoming with information in the in those Zoom rooms compared to other pitchers I've noticed. He's very transparent about what he's doing, what he's trying to do, what worked, what didn't work. That's refreshing. 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's similar to what we talked about with Kleber. Like, I don't know, I know he's trying. I know he's going out there every time when there's never feeling that hey, he's just going through the motions or like ah, oh, this is this is unfair for me or whatever. You know, we would feel that about like guys like Pineda, where it's just like oh, like can't wait for the season to end so I don't have to deal with this anymore. Like Cole's looking to get to that next start, and I think he you know, finds a time in between valuable to improve, which is awesome. It's what you want. Yep. And we're not paying attention to his, his spring training results, whatever he wants to work on, whatever pitches he yeah. wants to tinker with. If he go wants ahead. to mess with his windup, whatever you want to do. You want to throw with the other arm, go do a fucking inning with your <laughs> other arm. I don't care. I do like, good, I bro. will say that I do like these seven inning spring training games. I hate them in the regular season. But these seven-inning spring training games, you feel like the guys – I mean, it's the first week, so they're coming out early. But, like, you feel like they've stuck around a little more. Like, you know, I, for guys like us, like, I get – you put the game on. Like, I'm here. I'm here till it's over. So when it's the eighth inning and it's like, here's a guy who played 18 games in single A last season facing a guy who was in high school 20 minutes ago, I'm still watching. But I don't like it. But I'm not leaving. It's like you're watching out of obligation, and now we have two less innings to do that. Because I'm the yeah. same way as you. If it's on on a Saturday or Sunday or a weeknight, I'm watching the whole thing. And half the at the end of the games, most of these guys aren't going to be on the team. Like you said, it's kind of a waste of time. More importantly, less chance of an injury, the less innings they yeah. play. That's analytics. Yeah, that's science, baby. <laughs> so, yeah, happy about that. Another cool thing from the Monday game, Gary Sanchez hit an absolute rocket over the batter's eye. In center field, crushed. It was off a pitcher who's going to be on a major league roster. Gary he looks slim. He looks trim. I am all in on on the Gary comeback. All right, you want me to say some nice Gary things? So yeah, I'm ready. Now this guy will be on a major league roster. It's going to be the Detroit Tigers. So he's a a quadruple A pitcher at that. So I want to see more of it, but. It's as close as you get to hitting batting practice pitches deep. However, I read a story where Tyone gave a and I'm I'm just I'm hammering the last name so I could say it. I'm hammering it. Tyone, Tyone, Tyone. Where he <laughs> talked about um when he showed up to camp, he obviously doesn't know Gary Sanchez. Aside from when they were both like stud prospects in single A, they faced each other and Gary went deep off him. And he said, like, I ducked because I thought the I thought it was gonna hit me and it went over the center field fence. And he said, you know, I came in day one and I've got my first bullpen and Gary's not slotted to catch me. Like that, you know, the coaching decisions, whatever. Nothing personal about it. Everyone's gotta work. He goes, but he sat behind the catcher in a chair and watched and then came to me with critiques and things to work through. I've never heard that about Gary Sanchez before. I've never heard anything resembling him giving any tips. Like it was always – it always felt to me that at the end of an inning or whatever, between innings, between sorts, whatever it is, Tanaka's going to him. CeCe's going to him. They're talking about, you know, all of these things. Never him going to anyone. So while I keep talking about how this, uh, you know, the pitching room, it's changing a mentality, maybe it's rubbing off on Gary. He he looks that he's in shape. Um, he looks, you know, what we're hearing is that he's committed and he's looking like it. Hopefully the performance 
equals it. It sounds like he's doing stuff. I, I, I don't believe he's at a too little, too late point. We do need the performance to carry over, but good for Gary. Props to him. I'm very positive today. I love it, man. I've, I've been waiting for that. And look, last year getting benched in the playoffs, probably a wake-up call. little quote I read, uh, this is from Brandon Cuddy. Uh, he told me I would see a fastball coming down the center of the plate, and I usually crush those. Everything was just too slow. Theo Asen, Sanchez's trainer, told Brandon Cuddy. Hitting coach Marcus Timms added, he looks like an athlete now. He doesn't look robotic. Now he's on time, and he doesn't have to cheat to get to pitches. The cheat to get to pitches line really struck me because that's what it looked like he was doing all year. He was rushing. He looked very robotic, like the quote said. He just didn't look in sync at all. Every once in a while, he would get lucky and crush one 500 feet. But at least in that at-bat that we saw uh, on Monday, he looked way more relaxed, and that's what we need to see because you got to crush fastballs. If you you know, you know can't hit breaking balls, that's one thing. You swing at some balls in the dirt, that's fine. But you got to hammer those mistakes. Yeah, and for Glaber and Gary are two guys who commitment was questioned last year. Gary mixed in saying some dumb shit in the offseason, but it looks like the work's been there. I'm very excited for it. I'm hopeful for him because – you know, I, yeah, I say a lot of shit about Gary, and people think I'm that. I, I would love nothing more than to not worry about Gary Sanchez. They'd just be like, oh, this guy's going to get a hit, you know, three out of 10 times or two and a half out of 10 times. And, you know, one out of every eight of those hits is going to go over the fence. Like, I'm fine with that. And, like, you don't have to bust it out of a box in the fourth inning with no one on base. But in the eighth inning, Runners on first and third, one-run game. You got busted out of the box, Gary. That's all I'm asking for. Exactly. It's a it's a baby step, but it's a positive step. We're going to keep following him. Today is a bit of a milestone, I would say, in George's box. We have not had any new injuries since the last episode. This is pretty exciting. I can't remember the last time I was able to say that. Um, it was what, – what was also good was um, – because Chad Green wasn't supposed was supposed to pitch today and then didn't, and I'm trying to see what it is. Um, oh, they, and they they just took him off the travel roster because he they're not making him travel. They just didn't make him go to Sarasota. Like he just he got taken off that the roster for that day because he's a veteran now, and they're taking it slow with him. They're going to use him a lot as they always do. So that was my big fear. I was like, this is it. The bullpen starts to fall apart. And He's going into did. year six. Can you believe that with the it's Yankees? Crazy. It's crazy. The other thing we didn't talk about from the Tuesday game, though, is the uh, Chris Gittens Grand Slam. Chris Gittens is 27 <laughs> years old. In 2019, he hit 281 with like a 390-something on base percentage, 23 home runs for Trenton. Without COVID, he's probably in AAA last year. At some point, Voigt goes on the IL for his foot because it's not a short season. Like he would have ended up taking that time, and this guy would have gotten a shot. Uh, I think he he would have at this point he would have already made a major league debut. He's a fucking tank. He is so big. Like when I saw him, I was just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Um, but as a fan base, we tend to do this. Guy hits a grand slam in the seventh inning of a seven inning game on March first. <laughs> And it's like, you know, who the who, let's kill Mike Ford. I hope Chris Gittens can go 
and have a great season in Scranton. I hope he's not needed at all. I I hope he has a future with us. But let's all pump the brakes just a little bit on this guy is like, I mean, some people were trying to say like, but he's all he's six four, so it's big. But people were like, he looks as big as Judge. No. <laughs> the other thing I saw was people were tweeting. I guess since twenty twenty opening day, he had the third uh, exit velo, the third fastest exit velo hit behind I guess Stanton and Sanchez, like faster than any ball Judge hit, faster than any ball Geo hit, any of those guys. And people were like, oh, this guy's for real. He's got real pop. Like you said, slow down. He's not making the team. Also, he's not, not even in the discussion. I didn't even team. know they did exit velo in the minor leagues. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we pumped the brakes there. Because as a fan base, like, we will bury you. Like, we have we have the home run leader who plays that position. We're good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Voight looks good, too. I mean, Voight in his... Um, you know, I, I see on like Instagram walking into the, you know, the Yankees show him walking in and stuff. They do all the players. He looks good. He looks healthy. I love the energy of the team. I love Clint is coming into his own. I feel like he's just, he's getting comfortable around. Like when you are a number five overall pick and you get traded and you've got red hair and you kind of have a villainous smile and you want to like party. You understand all of these things that are going on. Like you understand that you are all those things. It can be intimidating to then like, Oh, I'm going to try to make the Yankees. Um, but I feel like he's proven it not just to everyone else, but I feel like he had to prove it to himself a little bit. And now he is, he's comfortable. He's being himself and being himself is the guy who he was in high school that got him drafted fifth overall. So I'm excited. He's kind of growing up in front of our eyes. When he came here, it was like he acted like a college freshman almost. And now he kind of acts like he's a college graduate and he's got his first job at an office. Like that's what I equated to. And think about it. How old was he when we got him? 19, 20? Because he was drafted drafted out of high school. school. He was was just a kid and now he's more of an adult. I think he's 25, 26. Did you see the shirt he had of the 96 championship? Uh, The back page, that was sick. Like that's good self-awareness. Yeah, he's embracing it. You know, he – like he even showed he showed up in like a two piece like shirt and shorts. It was like leopard print. Yeah. Two years ago, that's a man romper. It's two pieces now because he's growing up. Like that was the thing <laughs> that I was like, all right, this, you're not wearing man rompers. Good for you, Clint. There does yeah, there does seem to be a solid, solid energy around the team. And a lot of them do, you know, when you say they look great, a lot of them look slimmer. Stanton looks a little bit slimmer. Voight looks a little bit slimmer. And you remember, you know, last year was the first year of Eric Cressy and this whole new training program, but it was a weird year. They weren't together that much, and it was kind of bizarre. You don't get the, this is you the don't first get the full year being together. He also didn't get the offseason. Right. Like if you don't get the offseason, you're not sending these guys home with their plans. And it's tough to like what are you going to do, call around? Like, to a certain extent, when we hired Cressy, he should have been given a private jet and just, like, fly to every player. Wherever you have to go, you fly to them and, and you know, whatever, you spend a couple of days with them. But now getting the full off season, like, we're uh, – hopefully, like, we're seeing the difference. Yeah, I think we will. Uh, two guys that are rehabbing that are coming back, uh, Gio Urshela and Seve. So a lot of people forget, this flew under the radar, that a Gio had surgery, I think in December, um, on to remove those bone chips from his elbow that he went on the IL for last August. And it was one of those, why didn't he just do it right after the season? He did it in mid-December, might not be ready for opening day. 
He is scheduled to play this Thursday against the Phillies. I don't see any way, you know, if he's playing in a game this Thursday, he'll definitely be ready for a yeah. day. And he's looked good in workouts too. Like the, I've seen some yeah. videos of him and I think it, it's not even throwing, it's swinging the bat that they were holding off on. So, I mean, yeah, like he's had some great hits for us, but I mean, he's here for his defense. So that's what I care about. He looks great. He's able to work on that. Hopefully, you know, he works out whatever the kinks are. But yeah, if he's playing on, you know, this Thursday, he's playing in a month. And I, Another I'll guy. be honest, I can't, there's part of it. It's like, I can't believe he's still on the Yankees. Like when he came up two years ago, I was like, all right, we're flashing the pan. You know, now it's like, I don't know, extension. It was it when people were like, oh, this won't last. And, and for me, when he hit that grand slam against the Indians last year, that, that was almost his like coming out moment. In terms I called of, that. Be here I called that. If you remember, I called I that do. the day before I was like tomorrow, the Geo or Shell of Revenge game. It was right because they were in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. You were very, and that was like 450 feet. That, that was crushed. I mean, that was like a Stanton Judge type homer that he hit. And then, of course, you got the famous kind of screenshot snapshot of him flipping the bat. It's probably the best moment that they had as a team last year. So, no, he's definitely here to stay. Going from holding your breath on every ground ball to Andujar to just watching Gio effortlessly make every play has been beautiful. And he's under control for – he's a free agent in 2024. Yeah. So, what, that's three more years of control? Yeah. Like, that's beautiful. That's great. That's great. Like someone to get rid of a guy who bats about 300, hits a couple home runs, drives, you know, some runners in and plays gold glove defense. You know, we're very close to gold glove defense. Like he's he's not going anywhere. And it's amazing. It's great. Like we stumbled ass backwards into that. Oh, Cashman got so lucky, and where he really got lucky is it took him off the hook for passing on Machado. I don't know if you remember if we were even talking at the time, but I was a huge advocate. I wanted Machado. I thought he was a perfect fit because I didn't believe in Andujar long-term with his defense, and I was pissed when they didn't sign him, and now Gio just came out of nowhere, luckily, after Andujar got hurt, but he really bailed Cashman out there. I I do remember. I didn't know you at the time, but I do. everyone was like, what are you talking about? You can't trade – you, you can't get rid of Van Duhar from Manny Machado. And I was like, no, 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 you yeah. can't. Like, that's the fucking easiest thing in the world to do. That was so frustrating. That, that was driving me up a wall. Um, kind of glad that's over. And then another injury update that's positive. Sevy is throwing from 120 feet. Boone says he should throw off a mound next week. So here's my question. He's, he's going to throw off a mound next week. Let's call it, I don't know, March 8th. You're telling me if he's throwing off a mound on March 8th, he can't pitch in a game till July? Yes. Like, we need four months in between there? Like, explain that to me. Well, you're going from not throwing to throwing in a major league game. And, like, there's just so many steps to it. To go from, like, literally first throw off a mound, which will be at 60%, 70%. And we're talking – so you got to factor in he's got to warm up. And then he's going to get to his actual pitches that are only at like 70%. And it's going to be like 15 of them. There's a long way to go from that to then. I mean, because some of these guys, they throw 40 pitches before they even start a game. So, like, he probably can't even do the full warm up that he would do to then start a game yet. And if you're going to, now, there's always the opportunity 
to move that timeline up, I think. But I'd rather they say, hey, we're looking at July. We're looking about the All-Star break. We know when that is. Then, you know, hey, any week now or, you know, it could be two weeks. We hear two weeks a lot. So you got to figure he's going to – he won't be ready to face batters during spring training at all because he's going to have to – he's going to throw. Then he's going to have to sit a couple of days, whatever. So then he's got maybe some stuff in extended spring training. The – Double A and single A seasons are going to start a month after us, so they're not going to start till like May. So then, maybe in May he can get to Trenton, or he'll probably in Tampa, then get or wherever. I don't even no, not even Trenton. I don't even know where our minor league teams are. They're all in like the Hudson Valley. They're all in shitty locations. Uh, Trenton left, yes, yeah, Somerset, and then and then upstate. Yeah, yeah. So let. You know, if he can get to a single A start or two, and then you got to see how those go physically and performance wise. Maybe two, like he's probably got to have six minor league starts. Yeah, Unless, right. and I'm breaking a promise to myself because <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to worry about Sevy. I'll see him when I see him. I'm not getting my hopes up. And now I'm like, oh, he's throwing off a mound. When's he coming back? And I can't help myself. And now I'm dreaming about. 2017 Sevy again. Ooh, breaking news from Jeff Passan. Alternate sites are coming back. And the AAA season, which was supposed to start on April 6th, is now going to be delayed a month. Alternate site coming back. AAA will start on May 6th-ish. Yeah. So originally it was going to be because it's like AAA and major leagues are in camp. Then they're going to leave. Then the minor league players are coming in. So I guess I'm I'm reading this as we're going. Um, They're just going to start all the minor leagues the first week of May. And then, even then, some some executives believe the alternate site could last longer into the season. The reason for rekindling sites would serve as training facilities who are likely to be called up. Is proximity teams, home stadiums, easier oversight for testing coronavirus protocols. So essentially, um, furthermore... Triple-A teams travel via commercial airline. So the issue appears to be that the best thing for Major League Baseball is if Minor League Baseball holds off. Give me a month where let the Major League Baseball season start for a month, get going, run into any COVID setbacks or anything that could be happening. Uh, the president today said that there will be a vaccination for every American by the adult American by the end of May. So now you're getting close. Like you're going to get all these major league baseball players, you know, vaccinated. So it makes sense. Instead of having these guys flying, you know, getting on a plane in the Scranton airport with, you know, a bunch of pencil tuckians <laughs> and flying to Dayton, Ohio to play some game. No one gives a shit about just keep them there working out, have that like 60, like that depth, because I think teams are still only going to be 26, and then you know minor league rosters are only about the same. So you even get more guys by it being an alternate site because we had 60. Um, so I actually kind of like that. There, yeah, and now the teams are hopeful. Delays allow for vaccination of players before they uh, are sent to minor league affiliates. So I mean that is that makes sense. I think this is a smart thing. 
Now, it is financially, I know there are going to be people who are like, you know, this impacts small towns who, you know, people work in concessions or whatever at the games. You're probably not going to have a lot of people at minor league games uh, while we're still doing this COVID stuff. So let's just get the, the regular season on TV. I like it. I, I feel like baseball actually did a smart thing ahead of schedule for the first time. That ever. might be another first for this show. Yeah. Uh, one of us saying that. <laughs> And this just means for us and Duhar and Ford, instead of playing in AAA games, they'll be they'll just be hanging out in Scranton doing their workouts there. Somebody gets hurt and we need him. We pull him right up from there. It, it really doesn't affect the major league roster at all. No, no, no. It's good for the major league roster. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I don't give a shit about the minor leagues. I don't care Not at me all. Neither. I get there's like a financial impact or whatever. But when they were saying like, oh, baseball wants to cut all these minor league teams. Like, yeah, because they're fucking losing money. It's a bad business model. And they should it give is, that money it's to fun other to go players. To, but. It's fun to go to, but if you could cut to like cut down the lowest rungs, where these guys are definitely never going to make the major leagues, and you can give that money to guys who are in single A, double A, triple A, who are not, you know, able to make ends meet, I think that makes sense. It does business wise. One guy that's probably going to start at the alternate site now that we know that is Austin Wells. He was the first round pick that we had uh, last year in the draft. The draft last year went even more under the radar than usual because we didn't even know if baseball was going to happen last June in 2020. But this kid played Monday. He got a hit. His bat is very advanced. Boone was raving about him. And they didn't even rule out calling him up at the end of this season, like fast tracking that much. He's 21. He's very polished. I'm very excited about this kid and mainly because we need one of these long-term stud lefty bats on the team that we simply don't have. So this is a kid I'm really going to be watching at the alternate site and moving forward. Well, I think it's one of those things like he went to college. So like he played and he played at Arizona. So, I mean, you're, you're close to professional baseball there. I mean, you're probably playing at a higher level than most of the, you know, single a probably close to double a at that point. So, He's older. You know, it's not like, oh, hey, we drafted this kid out of high school and we're trying to rush him. We're hoping he's Bryce Harper. He's 21. He's a grown man. He played in the Cape Cod League. He's impressing people with, like, the the way he's put together. Like, the on-the-field stuff's happening, but you're hearing good things about him, like, as a person, the he's way he approaches the He's obsessed with hitting. And he, you know, when he got drafted, because he was drafted as a catcher, and he also plays some first base, and he was just like, yeah, I don't care what they want me to play. I just want to hit home runs to right field. Like, yeah. you're my guy. <laughs> you are yeah. everything they thought Derek Dietrich was going to be, but you can't <laughs> juggle. And I, he was drafted as a catcher, but you would think if he came up for us, he'd be getting, I don't know, DH at bat to outfield, maybe a little first base. Apparently, he can kind of do all that. They're not sure if he can be a catcher long term, but – they love his bat. They're raving about him. And they don't really rave about guys just to rave about them. You know, like with Dominguez even, they're, you know, they're kind of calming the hype. And you talk a lot about how we had Sanchez for so long he didn't seem real. We've had Dominguez yeah. for so long he doesn't seem real. Like this kid is real and here and with the big boys. And, and that's why I'm excited about him. Yeah, and it's just, you know, if a guy just wants to go out there and compete and they're giving him the opportunity, he's making the most of it and he's showing up, right? Especially like you get drafted during this weird COVID time. Like there's every excuse to not be in shape. Like that's why like Glaber, he had every excuse to not be in shape last year. Gary to a certain extent too. So to come and to like be ready and, you know, 
ready to make the most of an opportunity. I don't know what the communication is in the offseason with him that like, hey, get ready like for this. But, you know, hey, let's do it. Let's see what we got. You know, I'm tired of having the best 100 players. I just need the best 25. And now do I think Austin Wells, we're going to see him this year and he's going to be a big contributor? No. But for the guys who it like has really clicked for, they're around the team. You know, Jeter was Jeter was in the dugout in 95 when we lost to the Mariners. Um, you know, there are, are guys like that who, like, they're around. They get to see what it's like. They come up. They get sent down to minor league camp. Sometimes they're unhappy about it. I mean, we've seen it with Clint a couple of years. Like, ah, then he gets sent down and it kind of stinks. But I don't think this guy is going to be let down when he's sent down, you know, to start the season. But he's getting work. And it shows a commitment in the system. Like, we're committed to you because at this time when you could be sitting at home for another month, we have you here, which is great to, you know, as we're trying to build a culture, you know, the coal culture. Yeah, fit right in. And you think about what you just broke with the the alternate site. So obviously he'll start at the alternate site. But once the minor league season starts, double A, triple A, like, I don't think he's going to start in single A. I think he's going to go right to double A or triple A, it sounds like. I mean, I think if you have a guy in major league camp and he goes to an alternate site, yeah, you're probably going double A. You, yeah, you're he's playing like, in the spring training games already, so he's not yeah. going to sing. I don't think they yeah. – And triple A is kind of dog shit. Like everybody says, like you find out what a player is at double A. Like you spend more time at double A, less time at triple A if you're a really good player. And we're not trying to – you know, with him not being like a, you know, a guy coming out of high school – I just think he, ha- he he's better built for this because he's not Bryce Harper, you know? And whenever you draft a player, like anyone who's any good uh, is not drafted as a catcher, like anymore. Like you're not a catcher. Bryce Harper got drafted. He got moved out. I mean, it probably stopped with Joe Maurer. Like there are great catchers out there, but those are normally guys who like get signed. You know, they, they have a, you know, a longer time to progression. Once they start talking about changing your position – they're trying to get you to the big leagues, and they're trying to keep you in the big leagues. And like you said, he doesn't care what position he plays. He just wants to hit bombs at Yankee Stadium, which is music to our ears. So, <laughs> That's like all I, I said, want more to. lefty bats, more power lefty bats that, that were kind of lacking. We both kind of wanted one. The offseason didn't really get one. So n- going to be nice to see him up eventually. But, yeah, things are looking good. It's good vibes all around. Like I said, no injuries this week. It's a very optimistic, exciting time. Hope rings eternal. It's spring, baby. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's green season. Now I know what that means. <laughs> exactly. It's almost time for a shamrock shake. Green season. You know that old Saturday Night Live skit? Uh, there's an old Saturday Night Live skit about shamrock shakes. I'm going to have to find it for you. I think it's an SNL skit. It you might have been a Mad TV. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I like to have my shamrock shakes with a little splash of Jameson in it. Like, ma'am, it's <laughs> June. We don't have shamrock shakes here. Um, Do you like shamrock shakes? I've never had a shamrock shake. What? Isn't it just like a mint, like milkshake? Yeah, exactly. That sounds fucking terrible. Oh, it's got the secret McDonald's syrup, man. It's a classic. It's I, mint. I think there's some nostalgia involved. It's mint. Yeah, it's mint, but it's their special syrup. It's a mint milkshake. Like, I'll have thin mints, like Girl Scout cookies. I'll eat those. But besides that, like, I brush my teeth, and, like, that's the end of the mint. Like, if okay. I'm going to get a milkshake, <laughs> there's nothing I'd want less than mint. Like, do you eat mint chocolate chip ice cream? 
I do. I don't understand the hatred. I see a lot of this slander on Twitter, like, oh, mint, mint chocolate chip ice cream sucks. I think it's delicious. It's refreshing. Well, no, 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 no. It's actually just not good. It's like, have you ever had oh, just like, God. have you ever had like regular cookies and cream or Rocky Road or, I don't know, Snickers ice cream or uh, cookie dough? I mean, these are all ice creams that are so much better. But they don't have that hint of refreshment. With the chocolate. See, I, I like the refreshment with it. Dude, what are you making out after every sip? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing here? No, I'm a big I – like, I, lo- I love chocolate. So, yeah, get, get your shakes while they're hot. Get them while they're – have you had a Shamrock shake this season? No, nah, and I've been calling you know, the McDonald's here to see if they have the syrup. You got to remember, McDonald's, Wait, a lot of times, hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Couple of things here. So yeah. I I see so I don't go to McDonald's a lot. I get fat on other foods. Like I'm not one of those guys like I'm a fat guy, I don't eat McDonald's. Like, no, nah, I just chicken parm. Um yeah. so I see the thing that the ice cream machines are broken all the time on the internet. I've never been to a McDonald's and asked for ice cream and then be like the machine's broken. Now I haven't had a McFlurry what? in forever. But like, yeah, I think the like I I haven't had. I would only have a McFlurry from um, McDonald's, and I probably haven't tried to get one of those in well over a decade. Oh, you're out of the loop. So I'll, I'll explain so, it to you. Okay. I actually got the inside information how okay. this works. So apparently, the, the ice cream slash milkshake machines at McDonald's are very hard to clean. It's a pain to clean them. So basically, when they get to a point where they have to clean them, they just tell you it's broken. And so that's why I will call if I want a shamrock shake. I call. I ask two questions: Do you guys have the shamrock syrup in? Because obviously you see the commercial. You don't know which location is getting it. So, so it's I not that, all and of then them. I ask if the ice cream machine's working. So wait. Well, so look, you, they all get it at different times. So you. Yeah, you know, they might. They get their deliveries different times. Yeah. So you Google the McDonald's near you, and then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it makes sense that I, if you ask me, gun to my head, does McDonald's have a phone? I would, it'd be a toss up. <laughs> it'd be a toss up, like a cost saving things. They saved the 35 bucks. There's no phone in a McDonald's. Oh, Unless, sometimes they don't answer. Sometimes they're probably still fasting. That's what I'm saying. Like, who's answering this? Where is the phone? I want to go to a McDonald's and have you call it <laughs> to just see. All right. So here's. What we're gonna do? All right, we're one. I I still want to talk about this. I have more questions, but you're gonna have to call the McDonald's across the street from Yankee Stadium <laughs> right before oh. opening day <laughs> to find out if they've got the shakes, the the Shamrock shakes, and if they do, we will do a video. I'll have my first Shamrock shake with you. But you have oh, to perfect. call. Yeah. The heroin capital of the Bronx, the McDonald's across the street from there, and ask them, do you have it? So you call, and then you just ask whoever answers. Do you ask to speak to a manager, or you're just oh, like, no, whoever, whoever answers. answers, man. You can't be that picky. You got to take what you can get. And they're, and you just say, like, hey, do you have your shamrock shake syrup yet? And if they say yes, you say, is your ice cream machine functional? Exactly. Two two questions. And have you made that phone call yet this year? I have not made it yet. No. But oh, I will. Man. We're gonna need you gotta follow Nick on Twitter at N Kirby. 
Is that NYY? NYY. Yeah. And you have to, I mean, we need a Shamrock Shake review. Are all Shamrock Shakes created equal? Like, are there different places where it's like it's better because of the syrup mix? Oh, no. The, the consistency is key. Look, it's McDonald's, man. They got a formula. They got a syrup. They send the syrup out to everybody. They're all the same. The consistency is magnificent. I would think, like, regionally, like, I, like every – I think every McDonald's in Philadelphia would get the Shamrock Shake syrup the same day. Uh, you would think that, but that ain't how it works. Because <laughs> – You've run into this before. You've had to track it down. Is it something like I haven't usually? I'll, is this like a drunk thing? Does that like kick it off? Are you normally like drunk one night and you're like, we gotta get a shamrock shake? Oh or, no, I, I eat it anytime. Yeah, it's not a. You're all out of bed. You're like, I don't, even, I don't even need toothpaste today. I've got the minty shamrock shake. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's nostalgic too because I've been drinking them since I was a kid, and it's it's one of my favorite desserts. And I think the fact that they're seasonal it creates this sense of urgency, like the during McRib. the only month of the year that you can get it. It's a McRib, yeah, which is like November. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a McRib as a milkshake. Now the Yankee Stadium thing is going to be interesting because they really only have them in March, and opening day is April first. So but there's got to be some bleed some over. Left. I don't think that the McDonald's across street from Yankee Stadium during a pandemic. Is running out of their shamrock shake syrup early. I wouldn't be surprised in that part of the Bronx where there are zero Irish people. Like that is a very person of color part of the Bronx, whereas the other side is very like we get drunk and hit our wives. We're also firemen. Um, Like that's that's where they're maybe selling out of shamrock shakes. Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. You know who drinks shamrock shakes? Irish people who've never been to Ireland. <laughs> it's like an Ital- it's like an Italian who goes to Carabas Family Grill or whatever it is. That's <laughs> wild, Nick. I feel like we're peeling back the onion on you a lot, and I like it. Learn what is ja- yeah, what is open. what does Jamie think of your shamrock shake thing? Is she down with it? She's very supportive. She's yeah, she is very supportive. I wouldn't say she's against it or with it. It's just kind of a she's pretty neutral to it. It's one of those you know, things she, like she'll yeah. support it, but she's not gonna go. She doesn't like seek them out. No. Does she get one with you? She will get one with me. Yes. Okay. Small. I gotta. I'll, I'll fire up a medium at least. I can't wait for. I'm excited for you to get your shamrock shake. I have zero interest in having one, but I'm excited for you to have one now. Like you sold me on the excitement of your shamrock shake. So congratulations it's, on that. Like said, it's green season. Thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you green a picture as, as soon as I get one. Green season, baby. <laughs> I am so – the title of this episode is green season. It's spelled green, S-Z-N. And people are going to be like, exactly. what the fuck happened to Chad Green? Nope. It's all about Nick's green season. He's fine. We're just drinking shamrock shit. Yeah. We're just <laughs> – if they have them. Follow Nick on Twitter at NKirbyNYY. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. The show's at George's Box Pod. We've done nothing towards the internship thing at all this week. Turns out, man, owning a house, there's just a lot more to do than I, I thought. I'm constantly busy. And uh, and now, right now, it's a big thing on, like, on Twitter about like how bad unpaid internships are. And like they're terrible. But it's fine for us to do it because we're not making money either. Listen, we're excited. The Yankees are back. Everyone's healthy. It's green season, baby. We'll see you at the parade.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.